0: God is love, according to First John, chapter four, verses seven and eight, and that is indeed true. But is there anything or anyone that God hates? Stay tuned to find out in a brand new episode of Gospel Repentance Ministries. Hey, what's going on, people? What's going on, scholars? Hey, I want to talk about something that is going to probably rattle your cage, but I'm all about rattling cages if it will help people understand the Lord better and if it will bring about deliverance and, and if it will even answer maybe some questions that you've had regarding the Lord and the subject matter that I want to get into is the hate of God. Or, if I was to subtitle this discussion, does God hate anyone? Are there people that God hates? Is there, are there people that God despises? And the answer to that question is yes, there are people that God does hate. Now, that seems totally antithetical to what we know about God and what we've read about God, even in the Bible. I mean, First John chapter 4, verses seven and eight clearly tells us that God is love. And God demonstrated that love in the ultimate sense, of course, by sending Jesus Christ to come and be a sacrifice for mankind's sins. John chapter 3, 16, of course, would be the most uh, celebrated passage in regards to that. We all know what that says. For God to love the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All right, but, there are people that God does hate. And so real quick, let me define what hate is. I'm gonna give you a uh, the Hebrew word and the Greek word. The Hebrew word is the word "sane." It may not be pronounced that way, but it's spelled that way. And the Greek word is Miseo or some people may pronounce it "misio," and that's spelled M-I-S-E-O. And here are some of the meanings of hate, all right? It means hostility. It also means intense, unjustifiable malice towards someone or something. It can mean simple disregard. It also means to abhor or despise. And a milder meaning would be to prefer one thing or person over another. So, Moving forward, let me read you some passages of scripture that talk about God's hate. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 23 says this, it says, Moreover, you shall not follow the customs of the nations which I shall drive out before you, for they did all these things, and therefore I have abhorred them. Psalm five, verses five and six, David says, "The the boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all the workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Psalm 11, verse five. The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence, his soul hates. Psalm 139, verses 21 and 22. David speaking, he says, do I not hate them, O Lord, that hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my Enemies, Proverbs 6, verses 16 to 19. These things, or these six things the Lord hates, Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness that speaks lies, and the one who sows discord among brothers. Hosea, chapter nine, verse 15. All their evil is at Gilgal. I came to hate them there. Because of the wickedness of their deeds, I will drive them out of my house. I will love them no more. All their princes are rebels. And then in Revelation chapter six, let's try that again. Revelation chapter two, verses six and 15. Jesus said he hated the deeds of this apostate group called the nicolaitans all right so it's clear from the word of god that god not only hates the deeds of wicked people he hates wicked people all right now that totally seems contradictory to what jesus commands us to do in matthew chapter 5 verse 44 doesn't it where he says we're to love our enemies and we're to do do good to them and pray for them that persecute us and, and treat us wrongly now how do we how do we square that how do we make sense out of this where I just read you these Old Testament passages in one New Testament passage where we're talking about God's hate and Jesus in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 5 verse 44 during his um, sermon on the mountain, Uh, speech or, or gospel presentation is commanding us to love our enemies how do we square that? because that seems like God is being speaking with a forked tongue that he's contradicting himself he's saying one thing that hey I hate these people and then on the other hand God in the flesh the Lord Jesus Christ saying love your enemies so we need to be able to make sense out of this And what I've been able to discover is that when the Spirit of God is revealing to the writer of scripture, the hatred that is being talked about is God's hatred toward individuals, you know, sinners, wicked people. Whereas Jesus is talking about those that hate us as human beings, we don't return evil for evil you follow what i'm saying because also you have to remember god is the avenger against evil we are not supposed to get our own revenge remember deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 35 says vengeance is mine says the lord i will repay in other words vengeance can't be dale's dale will repay because what you are doing if you take your own Revenge is that you're taking the place that God has reserved for himself. He wants to be able to avenge his anger on his enemies. We cannot take the place of God and take revenge for ourselves because now we're playing God. You follow what I'm saying? We're taking that which God has reserved strictly for himself and that's to avenge his enemies. And by avenging his enemies, he will... Punish those who attack him personally and he will punish those who attack those who belong to him in other words his children those who are in the kingdom of God when the enemy attacks us it's a personal attack upon God himself remember what happened when Paul or at that time Saul was on the Damascus Road and he had received orders from the religious established establishment to hunt down Christians, persecute them, throw them in prison and put them to death. He was on his way to do that. And he was literally knocked off his high horse and blinded by the Lord Jesus Christ who was already in glory in heaven. And he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You you can find this account in, in Acts chapter nine. And then Saul says, you know, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you're persecuting. And so, an attack on God's people is a personal attack upon the Lord himself because we are part of his body. We are connected because we're in him. You follow what I'm saying? So that's why we can have the there's a distinction between Jesus commanding us to love our enemies and at the same time God hating those who are wicked because those that commit sin ultimately commit it against the Lord. It is a slap in his face. It is it is blaspheming to to do things that are anti-God or, or, or to do things that are wicked and are sinful. You follow what I'm saying? So that's why God hates those type of people. Now understand this, please hear me clearly when I say this, God's hate is perfect. God's hate is a virtue and God is the only being in the universe that can love perfectly and hate perfectly human beings we can't do either one we don't love perfectly and we don't hate perfectly our hate is usually uh, it's misplaced it's, it's sinful and because it's full of malice and it's full of um, vengeful evil thoughts because that's how how, that's how how our mind works however god is sinless and perfect in every way so everything that he does comes from perfection because he's perfect he can he's incapable of doing anything that is evil or wrong so it's important that we understand that distinction and here's another thing i want to bring out in regards to the whole thing about the hate of God or does God hate anyone? We often say that, that God hates the sin, but he loves the sinner or that God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. And my question to you is, can God hate sin without hating the sinner? And the Question: I, was, I would say the answer to that question is yes and no. Here's the thing that's important that we understand in order for God to hate the sin and love the sinner the sin that the sinner commits has to be exposed. The sin that the sinner commits has to be punished and in order for God to punish the sin he has to punish the sinner who committed the sin I know that sounds like double talk but I, I hope you get it. You may have to reel this tape back a couple of times to make sure you understand how I said that, all right? So God, in order for God to punish the sin, he has to punish the sinner who commits the sin. Sin is not punished without punishing the person who's the offender, all right? So that is how God loves the sinner and hates the sin. He exposes the sin that the sinner commits, all right? Because if God sweeps the sin under the rug, then actually he's doing the opposite. He's loving the sin and hating the sinner. And that's primarily what we do as human beings. When a person gets caught up in sinful behavior, we don't want to confront the sin. We, we, we'll, we'll just say we love the sinner, but we won't deal with the sin. And that's not loving the sinner at all. That's actually hating the sinner and loving the sin. And that's backwards, all right? So, hate in God's economy is a good thing because what it does, it exposes the sinful and the wicked behavior of people. It lets us know that God is displeased by the way that this person is acting and because if he didn't reveal that they were acting in a bloodthirsty and an evil way then, we would assume that that behavior is okay. And most people, almost I would say generally all people, unless they have some type of mental disconnect or some type of mental disability, know when they're doing wrong. But because they've done it for so long, they're comfortable with it and because they love their sin. Like Jesus said in John chapter three, verse 19, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil and when you love darkness and and you love wickedness, then you're going to sin on a wholesale basis. And if you do that, you're the type of person that God can't stand. He hates you. He despises you because you are rebelling ultimately against him. So it's important that You understand that God is displeased with you and even despite all that, despite the person that lives a wicked lifestyle, God does love them, but that love is on a timer. Eventually, God's patience is going to run out with those who habitually, habitually, repeatedly sin with no remorse, with no contrition, with no guilt, they just do it because they love to do it. They love to hurt people, they love to do dirt, they love to do wickedly, and after a while when he, and only God knows when a person is incorrigible, when only God knows when a person is irredeemable, and that person is going to be punished, ultimately in hell, because they refuse to repent, especially those who have been exposed to the gospel truth, you've been exposed whether it's one time or whether it's been a thousand times, you are without excuse because God has loved you enough in your lifetime to warn you of your sinfulness, of your wicked behavior, and you've refused to comply with him. You've refused to, you refuse the truth, and so God has to punish you, and and that is good so that it warns the rest of us who may want to go down that path not to go down that wicked path. You follow what I'm saying? Let me read to you what it says in Proverbs. Matter of fact, it's the first chapter. And it talks about how God warns the, uh, the wicked man, all right? Proverbs, let's go to Proverbs chapter one, all right? Very important that we, that we uh, check this out. Proverbs chapter one, I'm gonna start with verse 20. It says this, wisdom cries aloud on the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing? And fools hate knowledge. If you turn at my reproof, see this is God's love reaching out to the, uh, to the simple man and, and to the fool, all right. It says, if you t- turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Verse twenty-four. Because I've called you and you refuse to listen, you. Have, I've stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. All right. Verse twenty-five. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. Verse twenty-six. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Verse 28, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Why, Lord? Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord would have none of my counsel and despise all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. I just read to you Proverbs chapter 1 verses 20 to 33. So you see there how God is calling out to the simple. He's calling out to the fool. He's saying, turn in here, receive my counsel, take heed to my word. But then when you read the rest of the drama, you find out that they refuse it. And so he says, now when your time of calamity strikes, when your fear comes upon you, you're going to call upon me but I'm not gonna answer, as a matter of fact, not only am I not going to, am I not going to answer you, I'm gonna laugh at you, I'm gonna mock you, because you mocked me first. See, God is the one that can get back at those that, that do him wrong, and see, God, like I said, is the one that that is the avenger of evil. That's not our place as human beings. We're supposed to wait on the Lord and let him avenge us because he'll do it perfectly we will return evil for evil and the Bible clearly commands us not to do that you follow what I'm saying so let God if I can say it this way let God's hate prevail and let us get out of the way because God once again hates perfectly and when God hates someone he's going to punish those whom he hates and he's going to secure and continue to bless those whom he loves so for those of you who may have thought your whole life that god loves all people that is true but for those who are bloodthirsty those who repeatedly despise god's word and his love toward them and in in the in the form of warnings and they continue to mock him and continue to curse him and continue to despise him, that love that God has for them is going to be overcome by his hate. And when he goes into hate mode against his enemies, then all is lost. But for those of us who are righteous, God will never hate us, never despise us because he has washed away our sins with his precious blood. And we are in his family. He will chastise us for our sinful behavior when we get out of line because a loving father always does that, according to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 to 11. But he will never hate us. I mean, but for those whom he has warned and those who refuse to repent and come to him and receive his counsel, God will eventually hate those individuals because they hate him. And so, They think that their hate is powerful. God's hate is all powerful. And when he executes his judgment against those whom he hates, it will be final. All right. Brother Dale, Gospel of Repentance Ministries. God bless you. Till next time.